We're, we're live. We're rolling. Okay. You're recording? Oh, yeah. Getting that, getting that good banter. Y'all come out your boots. Boot bonanza. So we're actually bringing on... I wanted to do it with two of the new boots that we're bringing on from Scarpa. They're going to be killer. And hmm. they're like forest green. Oh, really? But we don't have them yet. They're like oh. brand new, brand new. They're super light. I just don't know how stiff they are. So I wanted to try those, but we don't have them. Dang. Next year. Next year. Can I we? Even, I haven't even looked at boots yet. It's a tough thing to th- decide right away. Figure out what boots you're going to wear. Tis the season. I'm leaning more towards stiffer boots nowadays. <laughs> I, yeah. There you go. Stiff. The thing that I don't like about stiff boots is they're always so damn heavy. No, they're not though. Like if and you picked up yeah, some of those Charmants now, nowadays, yeah, they like that's what I love about like that full synthetic. That's what I love about the Charmant. It's like three years old, four years old. It's not a new boot, mm-hmm. but it's full synthetic. It's stiff, has lace locks, lightweight. Like, it checks all the boxes. Boom. It's like a 10 on the stiffness scale. When is that video going to come? Might be, that might be over. When is that video coming out? Next week. Next it'll, week. It'll probably be before this. So all it's, right. it's out right now. Oh, podcast listeners got a little tease of what we're going to be talking about. Boot Bonanza. Boot Bonanza with Brando. Out but, right but now. I will say the one that... The one that won out of my five was not a Scarpa. Shocked huh. me. Huh. Yeah. What sock were you trying them on with? Just the... So I did wear like a heavier sock today. Yeah. Because he let, he let me know yesterday that we are going to be doing a boot video. So I was like... Because yeah, what was the Zamberlin that won? Which one? The one that you ended up picking. That... The... Nine, the 2092. What a name. Mountain, tw- <laughs> 2092 Mountain Trek. I always want to know how pe- companies come up with these names for boots and socks, and just now we're starting to use numbers and yeah, makes it work. Makes yeah. it easy. To I uh, so that boot's been on the radar. It's not a new boot like that. We've carried that one for over a year, and I've always always wanted to look at it. Yep. And he gave me a perfect reason to look at it. So. Perfect. It's a, it's a comfortable boot. It's it's it is on the heavier scale. Like going back to what Neville said, it is on the heavier scale because it's a f- a full suede mm-hmm. type boot. But it was comfortable. Hmm. So perfect. Well, as you guys can tell, we got Brandon Evans here on the podcast today with Neville and myself. And uh, I don't even ne- remember. We never know what an episode this is, but we got another episode of the Big Hunt Guys podcast coming at you right now. So. I just want to sit down. We haven't had Brandon on the podcast, so welcome to the podcast studio, first of all. Thank you. What do you, th- what do you think? What's, what's your first impression? Great ambiance. Yeah. Like, it's dirty, though. You guys have used this well. Yep. Oh, and, yeah. And it's it ha- traveled, though. This is the one you guys took to Alaska, yeah. right? Like, it's been... And it Can still you smell sp- smoke? Yeah, it still smells like like fire in here. Not really. Not I, as bad. I don't, it's not getting not aired as bad out. As, yeah, I think so it is so maybe better. that's good that we're airing out the temp before we use it again. It's probably wise. Yep. So I just kind of want to pick your brain today. Kind of tell me, you know, what you do here at Go Hunt, and then basically what you and Insider Research team has been basically doing the last six months. How you guys gather a bunch of that data, how it's kind of different than state data, why ours is, you know, legit for researching and kind of different ways to start using Insider even right now during the off-season after application season. Just a lot of topics we're going to dive into, but Perfect. we'll start. No, that's – so, yeah, no, I, I'm the – head of research and customer success mm-hmm. so uh, originally started back shoot we we started way back way like, back in the day yeah we're the ogs yeah so originally started as just kind of a uh well 
go way back, I started as a as a freelance writer. Mm-hmm. Like when we were when it was first thought we were going to write unit profiles. Yep. I started writing unit profiles. Uh, still do a little bit of modifying on those throughout you know throughout the year, but started doing that. Got hired on full time. Helped build the Insider product in the beginning years and oversee what we do there. Uh, in January, I took over the with some of the the structure change that we've had internally here. I took over the customer success team. Um, super passionate about the customer. I, I feel that I'm I am the customer. Yeah. Um, what we build, I you know I use I I believe in. Uh, a lot of it's catered from from just knowledge that we've all acquired mm-hmm. over the years. So took on the the customer success team Uh, i think they're great as well research team is is powerful um great members up there uh in cedar our little remote office and then the research team based here in vegas are are some of the best just good people so i think it makes sense too to for you to like oversee the customer success side because all those customer feedback we're getting it's just other ideas like that you can incorporate an insider or figure out what they're talking about for content maybe articles and that sort of thing so you guys are like the forefront of helping us as well in content. Yeah, so, and that's one thing that we we do pride ourselves in is listening to that customer feedback. A lot of the features that we build out or a lot of the additions that we've made to Insider over the years have been direct requests from members. That's, in the beginning, there are, you know, a lot of us had been in Western hunting for a lot of years and it was kind of tailored towards more of that experienced person that knew knew how to navigate these states to a degree yep. and just needed that detailed raw data to make decisions. And over the years, we've learned that there's a whole new demographic of people coming into the hunting world mm-hmm. that need a different tool set, if you will. And so we've we've catered and tailored, you know, filtering 2.0 and, and draws and different things to cater to that as well. So, and that's all driven from the feedback. So no, it's it's powerful to, to hear from customers and be able to react and build product for them. So. Yeah. Um, what's like uh what's the full team look like up in cedar so we have we have dave nate michaela Lindsay. uh that's the whole research team up there uh and branson branson's kind of kind of that he's more on the customer success side now like branson we originally hired him to be you know a research expert up there on the research team but he's taken on he's really good with people and he's taken on that role and, and really likes it so he'll he's kind of the gear guy the you know, guy, if you have questions throughout the States, he'll, he'll answer a lot of those, but no, we have Dave Barnett, uh, grew up in Montana, raised in Montana, kind of the expert for those Northern States. And then we, we have Nate up there that's yep. from the, the coast States we'll call him. Yeah. Um, you don't need to call it the state. Yeah. Yeah. Grew, he grew up in, in California, uh, has, has, you know, has hunted California, lived in Washington for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So he has experience in that Pacific Northwest. Uh, kind of those coastal states which we didn't have you know a lot of so he brings a big strong suit there uh and then you know the rest of us and it's not like the research team is the only one that's given input like we rely on the the content team here a ton for that um you guys trail everybody kind of has input into that so that's kind of the the neat thing is we have experts out there from various various backgrounds so mm-hmm. i think it all meshes well together too with everyone's oh, yeah, background sure. that we have here like yeah. even like you know gis people like they might not be hunters but they mesh really well and then they can think of different ideas that we're not thinking of Cause sometimes we're just locked in our own little tight boxes well and yeah no that's a unique thing that we do take advantage of here a lot and we did in the beginning if you remember we we were almost a one-to-one between a tech tech talent if we will call them that yep. and and hunters mm-hmm. and so it wasn't that and the tech talent would challenge the way that we thought in a lot of areas. Yep. And so it was a good, 
like I think it's good to have that church and state, if you will, mm-hmm. in any aspect of the business. So, yeah. so what does uh, what kind of does the process look like? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people's question is: How are we getting this data? How are we making these numbers? Kind of tell me a little bit about the process that the insider team does in getting this data from the state. Yeah, because it like, probably starts at certain times of year. Like right right now, you're working on oh, yeah. like 2023 20, stuff almost yep. coming up here. So we actually have, we've got, so yeah, it starts like as soon as the draw ends one year, it starts for that next year. And so um, a lot of the data, you know, one of the questions that you said is it, we get a lot of is how our data differs from state data mm-hmm. or state published data, I should say at all. In all reality, it comes from the state. Um, that's the source of, uh, that's who performs the draws. That's the source of the data. What what we get is a much more complex and detailed report. So a lot of times we have to request these through public records request forms. Um, we end up paying the state for their time to, to calculate and produce these reports. Yep. And then from there, it goes into uh, our data science team and they calculate them. So, and this is talking mainly, mainly draw odds. Yep. And so, so like right now we've actually, so we're, we're extracting Colorado data right now. So they've posted their initial draw data out on yep. their, on their pub, on their website. And so we'll extract that so we can actually calculate it. Um, we have New Mexico right now that we'll be working on. And then uh, I think Utah just posted their data today. So we've actually, we're actually starting crunching on for those next three. Year. Yeah. And so that'll go through, That'll go through the remainder of this year. And then while that's going, what Michaela and Lindsay work on a lot is the what we call the, the data side of Insider, if you will. So harvest, harvest success, tag allocation, uh, hunter surveyed, male to female ratios, any of that, you know, trophy potential when we make tweaks, yep. they're going to be in updating those as those trickle in. Um, various states release them at various times. So as soon as the state releases data, we try and get it updated on the site. Yeah, so, so that's what's kind of cool. Like the website always stays fresh in a sense. Whenever you get the new data from the state, obviously you guys are going to compile it, crunch it really quickly, try to reach out for those custom reports, and then you're updating it real time, like on the website, like just making changes constantly. Yeah, so that's that's what they'll be in. Um, they've already updated all the tag allocation for every year. Um, harvest success is going right now it, and that's harvest success some states are quicker at producing it some states you know some states have hunts go clear into february yeah. some of those antlerless you know population control type hunts tr- you know and so by the time they get surveys in and, and actually record that data you know it's it's midsummer before they'll report that yeah so, so like you already don't have that harvest success data during the application time because the state just doesn't provide it yet yep. and so that's why a lot of people are like hey why do you have that updated yet it's like well the state hasn't even produced it or haven't got their re- like harvest reports back yet so it's just like you have to wait till you guys get it and shoot it out there yeah. and so but we do we do try and get it get it updated as quick as we can yeah uh, and the neat thing that a lot of people so we we show a trended five year with mm-hmm. that data we've actually collected it since like 2009 2010 oh, wow. so we have in the back end and and we've talked with product engineering on being able to average that Mm-hmm. So right now the display just doesn't allow it. So by the time you put 10 right. years on, you can't read it. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, we had to pick a, a threshold and five years kind of met that mm-hmm. need, if you will. Um, but we do have that long tail on the data. So when we do get the ability to showcase like a, a averaged type number, we'll have a lot of years with that. So yeah. how would you best explain to someone who is like, 
hey, I can just get my draw odds from a state website. Like Montana regulations, you can read it. It says, oh, here's your, here's your odds of drawing the tag. Like how do you explain like that's actually not telling you all the full details of draw odds in a sense and what we do different with all that data to make you actual accurate draw odds? You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm very open book just like I'll explain our process mm-hmm. um, and it goes state by state. You go like you take a state like like New Mexico, for instance, it, it it's from the surface level. It looks very basic, yep. you know, no point system, pure random. But you throw in the ability to add three choices mm-hmm. and then they consider all three choices before moving to the next applicant. Like there add some some actually pretty complicated steps in producing a draw odds. And so just the data that they provide publicly you could calculate what I would call like a worst case odds. Yeah. Like you could take every applicant at every choice level, d- divide it by, you know, the number of tags and it's going to give you a worst case odds. But that's, I'm not going to base my application on that, mm-hmm. like for that type of state. And so we just put a whole lot more st- statistics and math into mm-hmm. it. Um, we've got a, a, a talented team that has, is used to big data is yeah. how I would explain it. Um, you know, and, and some states, you know, take Colorado Mule Deer, for example. Uh, a state that's so straightforward like Colorado, yeah, you, 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 if you want the time to go through and sift through the mm-hmm. 290 pages of, of draw reports, you can get that data. It's out there. Yep. Um, what does a draw report look like? In Colorado? Yeah, let's just say like a state gives you all the oh, data. Like what does that look like? It, and it varies state to state. Colorado's is a, is a big PDF. So it's literally has a page per hunt code. That, and some of those hunt codes, if it's popular, like it's got 26, 27 points, it's two pages. And so you're looking, you're looking two pages and then you've got to scroll through, you know, and, and jump hunt code to hunt code. And, and a lot of the power, you know, people get hung up on, well, I can get this data from the state well in some instances yes you can i'm not going to argue that and some but the ease the draws and filtering 2.0 allow you to use and digest that data is worth the value to me like the fact that i can look at at multiple units at the same time and and compare and contrast right there on a screen Mm -hmm. is that's where some of the power comes in and then the ability to to use that draw odds add your harvest success, add your public land percentage at like, add all of those other filters in that stuff. You're not getting from the, from the state. Yeah, so. Especially when you're doing like a multi-state plan, because everyone knows you need to apply in multiple states. If you want to actually hunt every single year. So like trying to juggle all those states at once, like that's going to be months and months worth of your own research, trying to get all that data and yeah. then do that same thing again next year. The next year we just make it so simple. Yep. No, and that's that's like we've we've built great relationships with all the state agencies. Mm-hmm. Um I have that kind of that wildlife biology background. I worked for the state of Utah for 5 years as a tech. Mm-hmm. Um as I was going to college and and to see the struggles that state agencies deal with with just whether it's funding or, you know, I I often talk about wildlife biologists, they do it for a passion. Like they're so underpaid and overworked, but the, but the overwork comes from the passion that they have in the, you know, that's why they went out into that field. But, you know, a lot of times I hear state agencies get razzed about what they're doing or problems. And it's like, man, they're doing the best that they have with what they can do. And so, you know, give them a little bit of break there, but overall, 
you know, I think they do a great job. I do think there's there's a lot of politics that are getting involved in in game management right now. Like you, you look, you look at, at like Washington, the bear season stuff. And oh yeah, and it's like you look at some of the proposed. That's part of what we do in the research team up there is we're watching commission meetings, we're watching all these just changes and, and rumblings right now mm-hmm. that are happening across the West. And you look, you yeah, know, what's going on right now? Oh, it's wild, like. You know, you, you saw the change that happened in the big, what they call the big five in Wyoming this yep. year. You know, and that's going to have ripple effects. We don't know what's going to happen there. They're going to have to change something else. Um, what was the big five in Wyoming? So the the 90-10 split. So going into, what, 2023, they're going to they're gonna eliminate that. Or they're, they're going to change the, the percentage of allocation of tags. And so... And then the ninety ten plan. Just like clarify this, like for non-resident, non-resident to resident. Yeah. So when you when you start talking, you know, sheep and sheep. What they call the the what the the big five: sheep, goat, moose, um, bear, grizzly bear, yep, if you will. It, yep. it, when when we do get a hunt there, but yeah, they you start talking three and four tags. You know, when you eliminate to the the ten percent going to non non-resident, you eliminate those to two or three tags, and then you split that between. You know the bonus pass and the random pass. There will never be a random tag available. And so it's so going to take non-residents longer and longer to draw tags now. And they you, were kind of banking on if it. If you don't, ha- if you're not in that pool, you'll never catch that. So it's just accentuating what we call points creep. Mm-hmm. And you know, but you've got, you've got the New Mexico thing that they're still hashing out on the the bighorn sheep down sheep there. Side, yep. That they had a meeting what last week. To it seems like it's it's gone back and forth down there so much that I don't know. I don't know where that one will land, but if mm-hmm. they end up breaking out all of those hunt codes, you, in a sense, you won't be eligible for a, a bighorn sheep tag in Mexico if they do that. Yeah. So, so wild. What, um, what do you – you obviously pay attention to a lot of these different states and what's going on. How? What do you think is going to be the trend with over-the-counter hunting of what little that we have left? Do you think that's going to go away? Well, yeah, I, I honestly do. The only state – Real, in my opinion, that offers a true over-the-counter right now is Colorado. Idaho does, but you've got to jump on so quick. Like, yep. it's not a – It yeah, you can jump on and buy one if they're available, but they're so limited now on the non-resident side that it, it's, it, it really comes into a random draw on whether you get a low enough number yeah. to pick up a tag if you want. So I don't really categorize Idaho as a over-the-counter state anymore, and so Colorado's really the only one left, and – if you've followed them the last three or four years, they've been whittling at yeah. that archery over-the-counter elk tag right. little by little by little by little. And I think it's just a process. I think if they were to come out and just say, gone, that there would be an uproar. But you'll notice that they've they've introduced these changes. And, and to be honest, I don't blame them. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you manage a state? How do you manage a herd, a unique herd in an area, issuing statewide permits? Yeah. Like, it's... We watched this in Utah, where I grew up. We watched this years ago when they broke up the oh, yeah. the five region states into the 29 for general deer. And I appreciated that change because it allowed game managers to actually manage, yep. you know, manage herds. And so I think I think with the smarter we get with game management, the more you're going to see them try and actually manage those herds. So, mm-hmm. I, But to answer your question, I think it's going away. Do, do you um, think there's a chance, like, residents in some of these states, like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, they might start losing some of their over-the-counter general, like going so wherever they want yeah, to no, maybe? So, so the, the Wyoming, what is it, the Wildlife Task Force up there, they've actually talked about, you know, res- limiting resident deer hunters to regions. Mm-hmm. And so making, 
making that resident pick where they want to hunt because a lot of the guys up there and it's not that they've got a huge resident population to yeah. begin with but if you have a a, a large slum hunting g and h mm-hmm. you know you're going to see that influx but the advantage that they have up there is they can go hunt that early that september rifle for deer and then if they don't they they head out to the eastern side yep. of the state later in the year and so I would take advantage if I was a resident up there. Oh, 100 percent. You know, I don't blame them. But yeah, you're living there all year in that weather and cold, and like you gotta get some benefits kicked your way. So yeah, yeah. so the, they they've talked about the the resident side. Um, yeah, there's and shoot, there's there's changes they've talked about in Wyoming. You know, they're they're talking about an outfitter draw in Wyoming, mm-hmm. so eliminating you know taking your deer elk antelope to that 90 that 90 10 split, and then up to 40 something percent going to an outfitter draw so residents would be or non-residents non-residents unguided would have like six percent of the permits so damn it i hope i don't see that yeah there's there's a lot of talk there's colorado rumblings about a a 90 10 split you know right now in a lot of hunt codes we're issued over the 35 percent you know and what's it seems like a lot of states like the 90 10 why why is that that's kind of a that's kind of a do we know where that started no it's just kind of an industry standard yeah, i would say you know my home state i'm a resident of utah my home state i think it it's very similar to that 90 10 split but you know if you looked at this last set of regulations they added hunt codes with some of the tag shuffling and restructuring and some of the once in a lifetime tags they in all reality screwed non-residents hmm. they they didn't add non-resident tags where they should have hmm. for some of those once in a lifetime tags and yeah. so because in Utah, there's really no statute that says X number of permits or X percent of permits go to non-residents. Like, they mm-hmm. just allocate those permits. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm, sure, it w- I'm sure it was just an oversight, yeah. you know, as they're trying to shuffle and build all of those out. But Again, they're so busy. <laughs> I can imagine what they go yeah. through. But, yeah, Utah is the same way. They, they, they screwed the non-resident a little bit this year. Hmm. So. so, that wraps through, like updates and stuff so then what what happens like during like the app season when like that starts coming out what are you guys starting to work on a little bit up there like that what december through june time frame so the early part of that we crunch rods so we actually we have a, an incredible data science team that produces odds but we validate dang near every hunt code so you guys are diving in there checking things yeah, out looking at the state reports if something looks off you're mm-hmm. contacting the state and trying to get clarification how many times do you find errors from the state all multiple like and they're pretty good about when you guys find something they try to dig it up for you or yeah you they'll or they'll just be like yeah that's so we got really the way it was okay like we've we've found hunt codes that get over allocated on one side or under it like you know there were a couple instances in the state of wyoming this year that issued permits where they shouldn't have like they typically err on the on the positive side if you will but it's yeah that they've got this set of rules that they try and run their draws to and I think it's just the amount of data and just the large, the large number of applicants. A couple will slip through and draw tags where they shouldn't have, and then and that that just throws zero points. You drew one of the random ones. That's awesome. Zero points. I know another guy that drew with zero points. Mm-hmm. Like my God. Did you, you go? Sp- did you go special draw? Uh uh-uh. uh You went regular reg- draw. Partied app with my brother. Both of us had zero points. He's had a lot of Wyoming elk tags. That's just lucky. Yes. You had them last look. year. You had tags last year up there. Yeah, I, I rode my brother's points last year. He had five last year, and now we're going back. That's perfect. Yeah. I was so surprised when I saw it. I so like, next no year I'm party-apping with the Nevels. That's right. For right. deer. <laughs> 
no that's and that's like we do so it's it i'm it'd be curious to be a fly on our wall in the cedar office during app season because we have so many just weird side conversations while we're doing our own apps like Mm -hmm. poor dave from our office up there has got just and it's just random bad luck so like the state he's lived in utah i don't know how many years and has not quite a few years now yeah he's had like one deer tag up there yeah and i've the last five years i've had a deer tag every year and it's just random random things the way that their draw is 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 you have to apply up there even past their modified date and then you find out tag allocation and i was like he applied for a unit up there and they cut 60 what 61 62 percent of tags Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah don't expect to draw your tag yep that was me this year because i was banking on drawing utah and then my brother decided to get married this year i'm like i'm proud of him he's been dating this girl for like nine years (laughs) so it's it's about time they're probably legally married because they (laughs) live together already and then i was like well he wants to plan his wedding around my hunt schedule i was like well i'm pretty sure i'm going to guarantee draw utah we draw his muzzleloader tag. That was before the, like, the tag cuts happen. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, don't plan your wedding October 1st. So he's like, oh, well, what about September 17th? And I'm like, it's a bad time of year still, but like, I don't think I have a hunt going on. And then they cancel all those tags. And then I found out I didn't draw. So I'm like, no, I couldn't, draw, couldn't try to draw Wyoming. Oh, because I, yeah. I, I wanted to go up September 15th for the, for the deer hunt. And so I can't apply in Wyoming for deer because it's that wedding. And I was going to go to Washington and try to go up there and just grind it out on a hunt. So, like, because of his wedding and because of these, you know, tag cuts, like, and just didn't work out. But it's like, it's so hard to plan sometimes. Yeah. No, and that that goes back to, to strategy. And we preach that all the time is, is a multi-year. You know, like, this year, I drew a hunt expo elk tag, which completely. <laughs> just luckily, it's, it's early. You get that so early. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was planning to do Colorado early again, like Archer or Muzzleloader. Yep. And, like, everything falls in that. So, I, I like, that threw this year's just strategy out the door so mm-hmm. but i always grab you know we go into that i always grab that idaho deer tag if i can yep which is is december you put that one in your pocket just just to have mm-hmm. and so i've got that one i've got that elk tag that i'm gonna try and hunt pretty hard um it's a in my opinion it's a freebie like that's it would take me as a resident like 24 points to draw that tag so that's I'm gonna like, be remarkable <laughs> yeah so we filming that oh yeah we're gonna definitely film that right oh yeah yeah that's that's a who else? stoner drew one a couple years ago yeah yeah, yeah, next to there. yeah. Back mm. to what's what's your favorite insider tool to use who i'm a huge draw odds junkie um in, in like and i use it in both platforms i anytime i can put an edge in, and 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 i will i will preface that with the fact that i do analyze that more than just what the tool does so i'm i'm in the draw odds detail pages specifically so i'm looking at trends you know five-year trends that really helps me plan you know hunting is only good if you have a tag and that in my opinion that's the one tool that really puts the you know puts the favor you know you know pun intended in your odds if you will uh is being able to brick predict that and know hey i'm gonna have a colorado deer tag in this year i'm gonna have i'm gonna need to use that idaho tag this year because i'm i'm not gonna draw anything mm-hmm. you know structuring apps like when you when you talk nevada new mexico using that tool to structure your app in the, in the smartest way possible so you can you can take on those compounding odds if you will yeah because that five-year trend is really powerful when you can see like oh i need you know two more points so this is gonna be on the back burner for you know two or three years yep. out and start planning your now plan versus three years versus five years yep that way you can always put 
tags in your pocket. Yep. That, and that's, that's why I, you know, anybody that's like, you know, how do you hunt so much? I've got, I've got family members that are just getting, like cousins that are just getting into hunting. And it's like, how do you hunt so much? And it's like, well, I've had this plan for a decade. Like, yeah. right. you know, people talk about, you know, I've, I'm like my desert sheep tag in Utah. I know roughly a three to five window, you know, three to five year window when that tag's going to hit in my pocket. So mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want another major tag. Yep. when that tag lands because it's gonna that's gonna be the tag for that year and so you know just having that having that plan and process and structure in place so that's the one tool you know and you could yeah, i like i say i use the the draws data point is probably the most used in my book um and i use it both in filtering 2.0 and the standalone draws yep. so. with with inside filtering 2.0 so some people that aren't familiar you have all these different filters that you can put in. Then once it shows you those units, you're then able to even sort down even further to like harvest statistics, all that. What's out of that sorting menu? What do you what do you think's like the most powerful? Ooh, I'm a big male to female guy. Hmm. I'm herd composition in my mind, and I'll add population to that. We don't we don't display population. We're trying to get it added. Um, it'll probably be next year. Looking at the roadmap, product roadmap. Yeah. But I use I use trending male to female ratios a lot um how herds are doing populations like the the unit that porter and i hunted last year in colorado you look at the the herd composition data on it and it's like at its peak like mm-hmm. it's it's as good as it's been in you know 15 years what sort so, of number are you kind of looking at like elk or deer on okay. deer side you know anytime you get into that 30 plus buck to doe ratio you know mm-hmm. the the unit that we're looking at is 40 plus 45 yep. plus and so that just tells me there's one, there's a bunch of bucks on the landscape. As long as the population, you can look at some units that have a population of 200 deer for 500 square miles and buck to doe ratios, you know, 50 to a hundred. Well, you there could be three yeah. deer out there that you're trying to find, but yeah. if you, you've got a healthy population and then you've got that, you know, that 30 plus male to female ratio, you've got a chances are odds are you've got a high population of, of older age class bucks on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's that's kind of the metric that I'm looking so at. So the male to female ratio, you guys get that from the state. Yeah. So those will, those will be from surveys, and and each state is different in how they survey. Utah, uh, just because I was involved in a lot of them for mule deer specific, they classify. They they're not actually hard counting mm-hmm. a deer, if you will. Um, they're going out and surveying and trying to make a best best guess. There's there's a bunch of different methods there. You know, if they're if they're surveying them by helicopter by flight, they've got a sightability equation that they go into, and so they'll actually like for elk, they'll physically count a herd, and then they add they throw it into equation, and it'll actually throw a, a different number than the actual physical count. Hmm. So, are those updated every year? The states updating those? Every if they year? can, yeah. And so I think Utah right now is on every two or three year survey cycle for elk that they actually physically fly. Um, Colorado tries to survey most years if they can. Um, so again, it goes back to funding. You know, a lot of times they don't have, you know, the resource, if you will, to go out and survey every year. It's yep. expensive. I mean, with the way the economy going, they're paying fuel prices the same that we are. So you talk, right. you know, back when we were there, I wanted to say flight was like 800 an hour to fly a helicopter. Jeez. So yeah, yeah. It's by the time, and you you figure to fly like the, you know, the the southern half of the state of Utah, you were a week. You know, a week mm-hmm. to two weeks, three weeks of well, flight time adds up. That's a big bill. That's a big fuel bill. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going to say the same for filtering 2.0. My my two favorite are male to female ratio and then 
harvest success. Yep. I bang on those a lot. Those are like the two that I feel are the see, most I, powerful. I see, and I use harvest, I do use harvest success, but I use it as kind of a secondary filter, if you will, just to see, you know, you look at a hunt that the average person, you know, has 50% or greater, you know, not not that I'm proud or prideful, but I'm, I, I think I'm above exactly what that 50%, exactly. if you will. So yeah. you would think I have a, a better chance. Mm-hmm. You know that's the way I, mean? I look so at it. That's why when I see one that's like 30, I'm like, oh, God. It's a good unit. It's a coin flip in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think, like, is your favorite state to work on? That gives you, like, the best data that every year you're just like, I'm just so excited to work on X state. I am super, like, people that know me, I'm I'm a huge Colorado fan. Yep. Not that it's the easiest. I don't know that their data is the best out there. You know, they don't have mandatory harvest surveys. They mm-hmm. don't have, you know, they're lacking in some of the data, but it's where my interest is at. And so yep. anytime I get a lot of my free spare time, I'll dive in and just try and find unique things with the state of Colorado. Um, as far as some of the, the best data, Utah has pretty decent data. Um, you know, Idaho is is yeah. is a good state um any of those states that have mandatory harvest um, nevada is great with data um they just nevada's biggest lacking thing is my opinion is just resource like they yeah. don't have the landscape to support a lot of animals mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of it's just desert and so i think they only issue like 25 or twenty nine thousand total tags total big game tags and so <laughs> you know you look at at Colorado and they're issuing 108, 108,000 over the counter elk tags. Right. Like, yeah. you know, they can just print them. They literally print them on paper. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with Nevada, they've got really good data. They've got good draw data, good harvest data, you know, good survey data. They've, they've got a lot going for them and, and they've got some real sound management. Um, talking with those guys, they treat it how it should be. You know, they treat, they treat that resources as, as a, a public, you know, benefit, if you will. Yep. So they, they view the general public as a customer and they're supplying a product for it. So mm-hmm. what, do you, um, what do you think the one reason is why some states don't do mandatory harvest? That's what I was going to, I don't know why, why everyone should do that. I know. It takes two seconds. Take two, and, now and you have the exact, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I think you could just manage better. It's just you like could. It's, it, it, it takes money to, to execute on that. You talk a st- you know, I will say, and this is nothing against Montana. They've gotten a lot better over the years, mm-hmm. but they're like their draw, their draw process is somewhat frustrating. The fact that you have to draw a general tag to get eligible for like, it's yeah. just a complicated state. It's a big state though. Like mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, trying to survey, trying to put a system in place, which you're, you're talking a state agency doesn't have a ton of funding for technology. Doesn't, it's not like they're a tech company that can just go yeah. out and, yeah. and iterate on all their technology and, and tweak things year in and year out. So they, they've got to commit to a process for multiple years to make that public resource pay for itself, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're using public funds to do that. So it's hard for them to go out and be able to physically survey every hunter that goes in the state of Montana. Yeah. And so I think it's a lot of resources. I think if they would, if they could get funding and, and I, I would love if more states could get funding for this and just be like, Hey, when you buy, even the resident, when they buy their over the counter tag, when you click that button to buy it, just a- ask, like they do like the waterfall survey all the time. Like, yep. did you hunt waterfall this year? How many days were you successful? Just ask a simple question like that, just to collect more data. Yeah. But again, you need to then have the bodies to then collect the data, to analyze the data, to enter the data. And so it is probably a giant, just funding backlog it, that they just need more funding on it and 
I wish we could I wish we could solve this for a lot of states because like I would love to see the data myself personally. I would, too. I would love to see it for the benefit of the wildlife, for the benefit of the resource, and then just have the ma- these managers be able to you know make more educated you know decisions on some of the stuff. But yeah, just have like, like a simple link to go fill out like yeah, like you can't you can't apply. Buck, I was in yeah this unit or something you know yep. Well, and even the, the like in Colorado this year, I bought I had, Porter and I had deer tags and, and over the counter elk tags. The only one I was I was eligible to issue a survey on was my over the counter elk tag that we really I mean we we saw elk one day and and hunted those two bulls for one day yeah. with like a like just a tangent on the hunt, and I was like, well, the the limited tag that we had in our pocket. Yeah. I didn't even get a phone call, and I was I like I couldn't figure out how to submit a survey. Yeah, I would always love to like for hey. the tag, and I was like, "There's valid information that I could have provided." No, yep. so it's like, and that's mm-hmm. I guess that's probably knowing how states do survey. That's why my harvest success right. is kind of a secondary filter to me because yep. it's like, man, you get like especially you look at a real limited hunt. Say there's a hunt that only issues five permits. It's like well. Who were those five people out there on the landscape hunting? Were those were those five rock stars, and that's yep. why it's ninety percent harvest, or were those five people that didn't leave their pickup and were older? Like yeah, you know, it, know, especially given like are those five you know seventy year old guys that have waited thirty years to draw a tag, and that's why it's fifty percent harvest. Had yeah, they and they're being really picky because yeah. they might have killed a bunch of big yeah. animals before, and they're yep. okay not shooting anything, and yep. so it's skewed a little bit. But you don't know how it's skewed because you don't know their style. Yeah, I, I think that's important because I, I I think I do feel a lot of people look at the survey and they're like, oh, that's the exact. Oh, it was a hundred percent harvest that, the that, last three years. That's the exact people in there, even though depending on the state, like yep. it's maybe not the full picture. It's just. How many people pick up their phone and answer the call from Montana saying, yep. yeah, it shot a four point and I was here. So yep. there is some, that is one data point that has some su- subjectivity because of the, depending on the state, like again, Nevada is one of those that tries to force you to take that harvest survey. But again, who had that tag, you know, yep. you, you look at a state that offers a bonus or preference point by the time you're at 25 points, you're no spring chicken anymore. So, yep. right. you know. You're not going to be out there just grinding it like a 25-year-old would. So, mm-hmm. what, are, what are different ways you think uh, that you use Insider during, like, these leftover turnback tags and other processes during the year? Because right now we're, you know, we're getting to the point where, you know, Idaho has some turnback stuff. Colorado's going to have a second draw and then some of their leftovers. Nevada's going to have first come, first serve. Like, what are some more strategies of ways people could use Insider for some of those type of hunts or picking up tags? I use it quite a bit. So, the I try and play that Colorado turn back or, you know, they, they changed that last year, the year before to the second draw, yep. which, which one keynote that we should throw out there in that Colorado second draw, youth get a hundred percent preference. Yep. So I really don't, I'll probably dabble in it this year, but I'm not going to bank on that. It's more of the turn back that, yeah. you know, the, the Wednesday morning rush, if you uh-huh. will, that, that 10, 11 o'clock, whenever it is that rush. And so what I'll do is I'll go through each of those States and, and I'll I'll basically create a top 10 list. Okay. Say any hunt, you know, I'll use filtering 2.0, put it in all the criteria that I'm wanting out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a little bit more loose on the criteria side than I would be going into the app, if mm-hmm. you will. Because I'm, I'm wanting some of those lower tier units that I'd be happy getting a tag. Because as of right now, it doesn't burn my points. It doesn't set me back at all. It's, yep. it's a tag that I can acquire. So I'll build a, a list of top 10, top 8, you know, whatever I can get out of it. 
and and each time that list gets generated on these turn back side you look to see if one yep. of those pop up on there in your list yep. and that'll be the first one because you know, that way you're quicker to pick up the tag before everyone else gets it and that way you have your research yeah, done ahead of time that's what i'm saying i try and i yep. try and front load the research and say okay if if on this list any one of these 10 tags hits i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get that tag mm -hmm. and and that's ordered in preference so if there's three if three of those 10 tags hit the turn back tag list they're in order that that's you know and i just go down through and that's yep. that's the three that i try and acquire that year and so i use it in that way um and the idaho one they give you shoot they give you some time yeah it's usually like a tuesday they announce it thursday you can pick yeah, up the tag so, so i have actually, like those two days to research a little bit yeah i'll use it a little bit different where they where i know there's you know there's 10 non-resident tags available i'll actually jump clear into the unit profile and read about okay. those 10 units and then make a decision so it's kind of I kind of use them backwards depending on the state. If yep. I've got time to dive in, I dive right in, learn as much about the unit, make a decision if it's something I want or don't want. Whereas in Colorado, where I've only got a day between when they post what's there mm -hmm. and what's available, I've already got that list made, yep. decisions made. So. Yeah, because I just want to bring that up because I think a lot of people assume, you know, insider is only valuable during the application season, but it's like it's still very powerful throughout the summer. And even if you have, you know, a tag like, Montana or some other units where you can or unit groups you can just like bounce around trying to figure out how to narrow down where you where you're going to hunt you actually can use insider like a Colorado over-the-counter tag you can start to narrow it down during the off season that, yeah that's what I was going to say is is I'll actually I and I talked to quite a few people on you know through the the customer service side that and you know they they completely struck out it it is getting harder and harder every yep. year to put a tag in your pocket and so that true over-the-counter you know, experience in Colorado, it, it gives you a lot of units. And it's then, and their main question is, yeah, I know I want to archery hunt elk in the rut. And yep. it's like, okay, well, and, and the next question is, but, you know, but where? Yeah. And you say Colorado and they're like, yeah, but, but where? And mm -hmm. so I'll use those filtering 2.0 to narrow down, you know, three or four units that meet that person's criteria and you once you walk them through using that tool once they're like yep. the light bulb goes off and they're like, oh, well, I can. You know they'll tweak it on their own and they end up that's a, the powerful thing about it is each person's individual you know the preferences will will provide different results so yep. one person that gets you know x unit the next person's going to provide a little bit different input into the filter and get a different unit and mm -hmm. so and that's what i think too is really powerful because you can use all the tools on insider to start narrowing down where you want to go for like colorado over counter elk for example then you can take that go a little step further and start using go hunt maps on the web and start like, well, what does that habitat look like? What are the requirements for elk in that unit is, is it what I'm looking for out of a hunt compared to the unit next door, which might be a little easier terrain based on my physical ability. Maybe I can glass, maybe there's more cover to get in there and call. Like you can start using all these tools interchangeably together to help really narrow down a hunt so quick and just yeah. figure out that unit like the back of your hand before you step foot. And I think that's really powerful to use insider and maps even during application season because maps i think are you know we hammer on maps a lot because it's a very powerful tool and now we have it all together yeah and i use i do use map like i enjoy hunting a specific type of terrain yep. and so it's i'll use maps in a pretty unconventional way as i'll be like hey what units fit this terrain type yep. and i make a list of those and then i jump back into the filtering because yeah, you're just you hunted that type of terrain for so mm -hmm. many years so you feel like you're gonna be more successful if you can find that terrain in other units yep and you're just putting your best foot forward to then punch a tag. Yep. So like it's, that. there's there's different use cases for that. Um, for the like we said, the maps. There's and there are things on there 
like you you start talking Colorado over the counter, like you start looking at some of that population data, some of the species data on the maps, yep. and you can you can narrow down hunting spots pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Like between the the terrain tool, those yep. layers, and yeah. This breaks down that learning curve for especially people who are new, maybe coming from the East Coast or Midwest or something like that, and they want to come out here. It's like mm-hmm. you have all the information there. It just takes, you know, right. you just wanted to go in and touch it and use it during the off season. Yeah, kind of how you mentioned maybe new or Midwest people that aren't familiar with the West. What just to help like give some clarification. Let's say right now somebody's looking for a hunt. They don't have a tag in their pocket. Like, what are the opportunities that are coming forward? You've got, so like we've talked a lot about the Colorado over the counter. It's there this year. You can put that tag in your pocket. It's expensive. It's almost 700 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, well, by the time you buy, yeah, you, you know, you're 700 bucks on and that. And that's one. elk only, no deer. Yeah. And so you've got the Nevada turnback tag. Um, that's going to be coming up. Yep. Uh, I took advantage of that last year. So I, I picked up an incredible deer tag. Yeah, a lot of the guys in the office were that. hunting on that. Yeah. And I was like... I didn't really hunt it. Like, we had so much going on last year on the business side that I ended up spending four days hunting that tag. And two of them were basically spent on a peak talking to Porter on my cell phone. Yeah. And yeah. I was like... Come on, Porter. But we had, like, that's when we were, we were like, in, in the thick of maps. So I, was te- I had, like... So I have... It's weird. I have, I have my own personal phone that I've got, like, our maps on. And then I've got two test devices. I've got an Android and a test iPhone up there. So I had three cell phones rolling around the the forerunner out there because I was testing. It wasn't when we were we were pushing yeah. out new builds like mm-hmm. every week, yep. and so I had new builds and I was trying to provide feedback and I was like trying to get service to Slack, use Slack the internal messaging to to Mike to provide like and it yep. was just. I look back and I was like, man, those were four days that got I got four good days of testing and zero good days of hunting. Yeah, but that's what happens. Um, yep. I know that. So that's coming out. Yeah, first um, come first serve is a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, and that's, you talk about Nevada, any tag you can put in your pocket in the state of Nevada for the most part mm-hmm. is a tag worth hunting. Yep. And so, um, even in years like this, where there's a little bit less tags given out, you know, when you go into the field, there's gonna be less competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, you know, a drought that everyone knows about going on here, but it's still a great state to have a tag in. You bet. Especially some of those antelope tags that first come first serve antelope right. tags. My gosh. Yeah. Oof. So there's, there's that, um, you're going to have the Wyoming, your your deer antelope draw is going to come out in Wyoming. You're going to have some some leftover tags up there. So the secondary draws you're going to have have secondary draw in Colorado, secondary draw in Wyoming. Yeah, there's a few in Nevada. Um, I'm sure by the time this podcast goes out, that deadline's going to be over for Nevada. But yeah, yeah we have a Nevada one. And then secondary draws are similar to normal draw. You just put in there. And yep. So like Colorado, other than a lot of times they don't they don't your your points don't benefit you but you also don't lose them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like your points would give you an advantage in a secondary draw, but you also don't Are lose all them, secondary so. draws just random? For the most part. Yeah. And, and the nice part, too, to mention, too, like to apply in a second draw, you don't have to have already applied in the first draw. In a lot of them, yeah. So Colorado-specific is that way. So if you flat miss the deadline, like jump in on that one. Yep. Um, I, the recommendation I make there, look for, look for hunt codes that have 25, 20, 25 or more tags. Like I say, there's a youth preference in Colorado. So if you're looking at those onesie twosies, they're going to youth. Yeah. Just just going to tell you flat out, they're going to go to youth. So, you know, I look at those that, that have, there are some hunts over there. They're hard hunts, but they'll have a large surplus of tags, you know, particularly the private land type hunts. They're going to be a lot. Second season private land hunts for deer. You're going to see a few of those. You're going to have to work for them. But if you're just wanting to get out in the field and harvest, you know, harvest an animal, mm-hmm. there's some huge opportunity there. Um, 
other than that you get montana alternate list you do that's till june 30th for the deer elk combo tags for non-residents don't let the alternate list number scare you yeah you always have there's I've always put a chance in, I've, you've put in a lot i've put in it before i've got like, no alternate. way in hell does yep. my name come up I mean, it's you usually, when we were in Colorado scouting yeah. and you got a, yeah. didn't you get an email that was yeah. like, oh, you've got like 24 hours to claim this. And you're right. like, oh boy. Yep. Yeah. The only thing that does suck about it, it's kind of like last second. You haven't like, you don't really plan for it. Mm-hmm. But that's like, if you, if you put your name on that list, open that option up. Yeah. Like if that's a viable option, like be open and put a plan together. So mm-hmm. when you get the email, you, you know, your decision's made. Don't yep. be scouting in Colorado and be like calling trail and be like are we going we're not going did you yeah. get like yeah. trying to make the plan so mm-hmm. get, make that plan that's and that's kind of my strategy with that turn back tag in colorado is like commit to that list mm-hmm. and when it pops up try and get it and if it get if you get it your 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 decision's already made mm-hmm. so but no that pretty well wraps up the list of yeah we already kind of touched on idaho has their mm-hmm. thing throughout the whole year throughout the whole hunting season how, even. how does idaho's work again it's usually this like it, it's once a month once a month right now usually the tag come out like uh, on a th- Tuesday, the list of tags available, and Thursday you can pick them up. It's like nine in the morning or ten in the morning. Is it first come, first serve? Yep. Yeah, they they do the same queue thing right in the way in yep. the morning, and then you get in there and you pick up your tag, and then once the hunting season kind of starts, then they go twice a month up until the end of the hunting season. And you do post those dates. Yep, we post those so dates we, all the time, and all the tag numbers on the insider um, yep. tip section. So, yep, we cover those quite heavily on insider, trying to yeah. showcase all the opportunities because, like, it is. Some guys just don't draw tags and or they just had other plans that they might not have applied and now they're like, Well, now my buddy, we got some extra vacation time, let's try to put a hunt together. Well, here's how to put a hunt together by utilizing these these lists. Yeah, it might not be the state you've dreamed about for a while, but you can put a tag in your pocket and go. Yeah. And then you might realize that that state was awesome. You picked up that tag, and you're gonna make that your first choice next year because you had a great hunt. And yep. that's why turn back tags and leftover tags don't always have to be the ones where you're like they're leftover and turn back for a reason. Sometimes they can be phenomenal, phenomenal hunts. It's just what you make of it. Yeah. One one that we haven't talked on at all is the Arizona over the counter stuff. Mm, yep. Um there's some big changes to that this year. Um it is still true over the counter. Uh, but there are harvest limits. Mm-hmm. So quotas, if you will, harvest yep. quotas set by there and they're set per unit. So, and unit and species. So, you know, some of those units, they're, they're only going to allow four or five mule deer to be harvested. And so it's going to be interesting to see how those pan out. I think a lot of those, I'm, I'm curious on their, their management strategy there. I see it really hot spotting some units later in the year, like those, those December, January, seasons i think they're going to force a large portion of the hunters into the units that haven't filled yeah i think you're going to have a handful of units to fill in the august season so they won't even be eligible for those later seasons mm-hmm. um, which will force people you know so be yeah, aware of if, if you're a guy that has gone down that and done that for the last few years you know make sure you check that and and your unit that you're used to hunting is actually open when you plan to go hunt it. and if you're waiting for that january season man that's a gamble mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, that's going to be tough out in the field. Like, you don't have any service. You have to keep checking think, in. Yeah, so they, they've got a, the quote they've outlined filled. a pretty good s- system. And I I do think they're going to allow over over quota because I think it shuts on, like, a Wednesday. Like, you have until Wednesday at some time period. Okay. But, yeah, you you know, and, and there's, there's a reason they're doing that. So, you know, I would always err on the side of conservation and yep. don't push those boundaries. Don't push those limits. You know, if, if the quota's filled, yeah, probably wise to quit hunting the unit. But that option's out there. Uh, it's going to be a, a different type of rodeo right. down there this year because of those changes. But 
Is there any other little tidbits of teasers you might be able to leak on things you're working on inside of Related? Or? Ooh, we're actually, we've got a huge project right now that I was working on with our data science team. And we're not, I don't know, I don't know if they'll land this year. Okay, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, maybe we want to keep that one a little yeah, tight. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be, it'll, it'll be this, so the same splash we made when we launched Draw Odds, this will be an equal to or greater than splash. Oh, so boy. Oh, yeah, boy. it's going to, yes. it's going to be a, a super cool tool. Um, but no, we've, we've, we've compiled on the, re the research team side. Oh, I should mention we're, we're planning to launch the Dakotas. There so we go. Oh. We're There's actively, a good one to launch. Yeah. Good leak. We're actively like, we're a long ways through building out the Dakotas on the back end. So we've got like seasons built. We've got a lot of the data compiled, yep. you know, we're going to produce, hopefully produce draws for it next year. Um, those apps have kind of come and gone mm -hmm. um, with different priorities through the business. We we kind of we were hoping to get those this year and just didn't. So, but those will hit, those will hit a little bit later on. So there there's some op open opportunity that'll get added. Um, we've been working on compiling population data. Yeah, that's um, what I'm really excited about. Yeah, so adding you know herd populations where we can. Um, we're working with with our product team to try and get those like trending type anytime. Yep. So right now, like our male to female is a stagnant number. Like we're only displaying one year, the mm -hmm. most recent year we can get data for. Uh, in my opinion, it'd be super powerful to show, you know, a, a right. three five year trend on that, so you can you actually see, see what the, the herd's, herd's doing. Do right. Um, yeah, because right now the only way to really do that is jump into the app strategies and you yep. can kind of see it there, but make it easier on the filtering side. Yeah. So a lot of those little side projects we're trying to whittle at and get out. Um, we're actually pretty heavily involved in, in some of the maps testing as well. Mm -hmm. So trying to, you know, that's a lot of people don't realize that, but we're pushing a new map build about every two weeks. Yeah. So it's changing like that, that app is changing mm -hmm. pretty rapidly. Uh, it's gotten, gotten pretty, pretty well dialed. Uh, there's a few big, big changes that are coming. We're, we're testing them right now on our test devices. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, there's some there's some good things coming oh, down yeah. that pipeline some as well. Some really juicy stuff on the so. map side. Stay tuned. Go hunt maps. Go hunt maps, baby. Always changing. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh -huh. so. That's what's fun about everything Insider, you know, go hunt related. It's like the doors are open for what we want to do and mm -hmm. all the stuff we can keep adding to more value for people. And, you know, the content side, the shop side, you know, research side. It's makes it super fun. Days just fly by. Yeah, no, and that's... Shoot, we were ju we just had a discussion last week up there about adding turkey to unit profiles. Mm -hmm. So, like we started a weird random side tangent. We started looking at turkey draw odds in the state of Arizona. I can finally draw my Gould, huh? That's what I was gonna say. Those Gould turkey draw, you're, they're terrible. Oh, I know. Like, if you're <laughs> applying for that species of turkey in Arizona, like good, like they're worse than a lot of the mule deer hunts. Yeah, you I got points. Yeah, I got points. How many points do you have? <laughs> oh, almost double digits. I oh, think. my God. Shut up. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, it takes that, though. Uh -huh. Like, it takes. You want the turkey slam. Eventually, you know, I'm a big turkey guy. That's right. Love me some so, gobblers. Yeah, that's just a, a side one that you'll, you know, adding turkey, javelina, some other species. Javelina would be a really cool one. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all so. take advantage of that every year. It's like, it's such a fun hunt. Yeah. Especially but, taking a youth out on a javelina hunt. Mm -hmm. It's like. Nothing better. And that's just, you know, like, the main one, like, it's not that it's hard to draw a javelina tag in the state of Arizona, but the, just to showcase the opportunity that's yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another way to benefit, you know, buying a hunting license. Yep. So. so when you buy it for those other, you know, big game species, like, you already have that hunting license. Might as well use it. For like that, that stuff coming down, coming down the pipe. I would say if you're listening to this and you've got a suggestion, you know, 
yeah. shoot us an email. Like exactly, we're you know we're we're open open for any and everything. Like yeah. if we can add value to the to the platform. If we can we can solve a problem for somebody. Like mm-hmm. you're you know you're not the only one that has that problem. So yeah, yeah I was just gonna ask you. I said if people have any questions from something they heard, what's the best way to contact our customer service? You know, you can, we've got a couple of different emails. You can hit us at reachus at gohunt.com or if it's more more of an insider related research type topic hit us at insider at gohunt.com uh, a lot of times that one branson gets that one uh he'll hit me our office is right next to each other so i see i see most of those um mm-hmm. to both of those email addresses or you know just shoot us a comment anywhere you can make a comment we, we're pretty good about passing them around yeah, for yeah. Sure. whether it hits any of your platforms or our platforms we're, yeah. we're good at sharing them so yeah, so anyone listening have any questions, be sure to reach Most out to via social. Go to our – we also have a contact page on our website, mm-hmm. reach us at gohunt.com, and we'll be sure to get back to you on any of the questions you got for us. We should, yeah. put, we should put Brady's cell phone number out there. Yeah, that's what we really should. <laughs> Call Brady text, at this. Text, text yeah. your question at this. Yep, text me. Yep, I love him. Oh. Oh, yeah, I thought it was an awesome podcast. I'm glad we finally got you on, Brandon. Got to tie that guy down. He's busy up oh, in Cedar. Yeah. So now I'm just got to look. Around. Now I'm just going to live vicariously through your experience on this elk hunt this year. I can't wait to see how you do on that. It'll be it'll be interesting. Second second elk tag I've had. Like yeah, it, you thought you were completely done. I, I did. Yeah, and I held out. We hunted some giant bulls the first time I had a tag, and I was very picky. And it's like part of me wants to be picky again, and part of me just wants to shoot something. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that just like, <laughs> Yeah, you like that, pull that trigger. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Get some meat in the freezer. Absolutely. Uh, I actually, weird thing, before we close, my antlerless application revolved around that. So if I do draw my antlerless elk tag, oh. I can hunt it at the same time. There you and go. And I can shoot two elk at one time. There's, there a, hot, there's a hot tip. So. Nice. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Brandon. And like I said, if you guys have any questions, just drop us a line and we're here yeah thanks for having me guys yeah take it easy